This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first episode of my brand new podcast called Music is the Love Language. Music is the love language. Now, before I get started, got some sponsors real quick. Shout out to For Us, By Us. That's FUBU. Yes, FUBU. Not like, you know, old school, you know, uh, Fat Albert. Hey, 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 FUBU. But LL Cool J, 1997. Hey, love a FUBU. Mm, Yeah. Anyway, if you go to FUBU.com, use promo code CLINT15, you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, if you go to www.FUBU.com, you'll get CLINT, go to CLINT15, or type in Clint 15 as a promo code and you'll get 15% off. All right. Um, I said sponsors. No, we just got one person talking about it. All right. Um, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I'm a little nervous. All right. Um, I've done uh, advice from a fuck boy. Uh, that was my last podcast. Um, I'm moving on from it. Um, I'm doing something new. You know what? I realized you should do something that you like. You know, if you listen to this podcast real quick, if you don't do nothing else, do something that you like. Do something that makes you happy. You know, I got I got tired of talking about who's getting flewed out. I don't I don't care about that anymore. Now I care about I care I like music. Anybody that knows me knows that. And I feel like that I can have an intricate, deep conversation about it. And that's why this podcast is called Music is the Love Language. Let's let's be honest and let's keep it a buck, y'all. You know, when we when we're dating or you meet somebody or you're talking to somebody, let's let's keep it one thousand. You judge them based off their music selection. Let's be honest. Let's let, let's have this conversation. You judge people based off of their music selection. Best believe if I look at your playlist and I see bullshit, I'm good, sis. So when I say that music is the love language, most people connect through music. So one thing that I wanted to do was have a podcast where I just be having music debates with either myself, because this is the first episode, so I'm going to be by myself today. But you best believe I'm going to have my friends on. Best believe we're going to have good conversation. Best believe we're going to keep it funny. But today I have to set the standard and the tone of what this podcast, this is like orientation, ladies and gentlemen. But this is going to be a good episode. Keep it hanging hang there. But this is music. Is, this is orientation. This is the syllabus. Why am I shaking like this? If you if you're watching this on 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 you know on on YouTube or you listen to it on your Honda or your Beamer or your Legend or your Benz, um, I'm shaking while I'm saying it. That's stupid. Anyway, um, but no, like I gotta I gotta set the precedent. And what the precedence is for this podcast is, is that we're not having just regular debates about music. We're not talking about who's better. We will, but that's not all. I want to get intricate. I want to, I want to talk nuance. I want to talk, I want to talk, I want to talk. How did this, how did, how did this album make you feel? Uh, I'm holding up a parliament. I'm holding up a Funkadelic album, One Nation Under Groove. Um, But how did it make you feel? When we discuss an album, how did it make you feel? When we talk classic albums, tell me why it makes you feel the way you feel. Tell me why you're passionate about you feel like this is a classic. And I'll get into what my tier is when it comes to classics and stuff like that. Also, I'll, I'll also you'll also know where I stand on music things objectively. All right. I'm a fan of certain people. 
you'll know who my favorites are. LL Cool J is my favorite rapper of all time. But do I think he's the GOAT as he self-proclaims? No. You can, you can, we could have that conversation. No, LL Cool J's not number one. He's in, he's in like the 10 to 20 range. Some of y'all listen to this like, nah, he ain't in my 10 to 20. And there's where we get interesting. And we have these conversations. You see what I'm saying? And when we have these conversations, though, I want, we want, we want, we want not just, you know, good opinions, but we want, we want, we want, I want well thought out opinions, well thought out objective opinions on music. We can always be subjective. Again, I know who I like. LL Cool J, Mary J. Blige is my favorite woman R&B singer. You know what I'm saying? Like I know I, I'm, obje- I'm I'm subjective to her. Now, now we also can't deny Mary's place in history as a, as an R&B artist. We all know that. But when somebody says to me, Clint, Mary can't sing, I get offended. But some of y'all listen to this like, well, Clint, the bitch can't sing. Like, <laughs> you know, my boy Sydney always says, man, Clint, would you hire Mary J. Blige at your wedding? <laughs> y'all know the answer to that. No, I would not. She would not be the first person on my list. But then this is where, again, music is your love language and you start getting intricate and you start talking. And think about it. When you're on a date and you have these conversations, wow, time flies when you're having fun. So when you're listening to this podcast in your Honda or your Beamer or your Legend or your Benz, I want you to understand that we're going to cover all things. We're going to cover, we're going to cover hip hop. We're going to cover R&B. We're going to cover, sometimes we might get in our rock bag. Who knows? But I want you to I want you to also be able to share these podcasts with somebody else and to be like, see, see, they feel the same way I feel. And if you have an opinion, yes, please tell me if I missed something. Again, on this podcast, too, I ain't trying to always be right. We always got to get it right. You know what I mean? That that's that's the basis of this podcast. So let's start with this. I want to discuss what my criteria is for a classic album. Oh, real quick, my bad. Before I get there, also with this podcast, I got to add this in the syllabus. With most of these episodes, ladies and gentlemen, I will be dropping a playlist. On top of me dropping a playlist, they're not just going to be on Apple. They will be on Spotify. They will be on Tidal. As a matter of fact, this episode here, there will be a playlist in the bio. How we can't have an inaugural episode and not have a playlist. This is interactive. If y'all want to add something to the playlist, let me know. But yeah, man, we want to, I want to have fun with this, man. I feel like a lot of times as content creators, and I'm gonna get deep for two seconds, we try to stay in things that people want us to stay into. Yes, I, y'all I understand, y'all appreciate my take on 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 relationships or whatever, and it makes you laugh. But let's pivot real quick. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. If you like this podcast, tweet me. Or not tweet me, but be in my DM or, 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 or give me feedback. Like, Clint, we, yeah, no, this, uh, we like this new move. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. All right? <laughs> keep it to yourself. But I want to do things that I enjoy and make me happy. And I like talking about this kind of stuff by having fun at the same time. So, no, this is not the messy podcast. 
where this is the music podcast. And I want you to, again, to be able to share this with, your, with, your, with whoever, maybe somebody you talking to, maybe a friend, maybe, fellas, if you trying to get in the girl's good graces, bro, this might be the podcast where y'all can debate some shit and you open up the dialogue, the, open up the door for dialogue. I got your back. Don't think I forgot about you, brothers. That's it. All right. Here we go. Let's start with this. I told y'all where I stand on certain things. I told y'all, you know, we're going to know who my favorites are and stuff like that. Let me tell you what my criteria is when we talk classic albums going forward on this podcast. I am sick and tired of the usage of the word classic. A lot of you people, a lot of y'all misuse the word classic. Because what what you do is because it hit hard in your life, which I understand, it's a classic to you. This is where we get semantical, and you we're playing with words, and it's a classic to you, but it's a classic to me, but it's classic. Some albums we know are just bona fide classic albums. We can look behind me right now, see a few on the wall. You know what a classic album is. I have three. I judge a classic album, ladies and gentlemen. Again, you're going to know where I stand. I judge a classic album off three things. Number one, dope song to track ratio. That made sense in my head, but let me break it down for you real quick. Illmatic has 10 songs. One song on the album is just the Genesis. Yo, what's up, God? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Do, do, do. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a skip on Illmatic. For me and for the general consensus of hip-hop. Now, you down south niggas, we get it. Y'all don't fuck with Nas like that. You know what I mean? Or some of you, we get it. But but I'm saying the general consensus with this album is, is that it's 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 not a, it, there's no skips on this album. I don't judge a classic album that hard. But if you got 10 songs, you better be nine for 10. My criteria for me, 90% or better. Meaning in school, you got a 90, that's an A. You need an A or better with track listing. So let's say you got 11 songs. You can be, you can be, you can be, I'll give you nine for 11. You can have two misses. No, no. You know what? I take that back. If you got 10 songs, yeah, no. 10 songs, 90%. Yes. 11 songs, you better be 10 for 11. And then 12, 10 for 12. And then after that, after if your song ha- if your album has more than 11 songs, you can't have more than two misses. That's fair. So if you got if you got 17 songs, you want to be a big boy and put on your big boy pants and have 17 songs, you better have 15 bangers. You better have 15 bangers. The second thing that I judge on a classic album is does it stand the test of time? When I put this record on right here, and I'm pulling up a Luther Fandross record, Night I Fell in Love. It's a great album. I don't consider it a classic, but the album, I, the cover is iconic. And uh, this is the album with Wait for Love. Actually, this album is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight songs. There's eight songs on this album. Luther is six for eight on that album. That's why it can't be a classic. But when I put on Wait for Love today, 
y'all know what happens when you throw that record on. And I don't mean like everybody's like, ah, this is my shit. This we don't, we don't, we not this ain't this ain't a Medea movie. Chill out. When we throw that record on, you could I can close my eyes and I can still see my mother listening to that song on the way home from picking me up from school. And mind you, when my mom was picking me up from school in 1994, that song, Wait for Love, was already about 12 years old at that time. It stood the test of time in 94, 95, you know what I'm saying? I put it on when I was in college. We're talking 20 years later. It's 2021. That song is almost in its 40s. It's still a beautiful record. We're not talking again. I'm talking about a song, but I'm talking about it. But but let's 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 take that and expand and put it in album form. This album has to still make me feel the same way it felt when I first came out. Just recently, the 20th anniversary of Jay Z's "The Blueprint" just came out, or was 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 recognized September 11, 2001. I put on the album just to see, just to hear it again. Yo, I still remember the first time I heard Heart of the City. And I still remember, I, it still made me feel, yo, like, I was, I was, I swear to God, I'm sitting, in, I was in the room that I'm recording this in right now. I'm listening to, you know, what, what do you say? Uh, I don't want to have to kill that ball. Don't want to have to cock back the four pound ball. Look, scrapper, I got nephews to look at after. I'm not looking at you dudes. I'm looking past you. Can I live? I told you 96 that I came to take the shit and I did handle my biz. Scramble like Randall with his. Cunningham, but the, like, I still get chills saying that yo 20 years later Cunningham but the only thing running these numbers fam and y'all about to finish it Jigga held you down six summers damn where's the love yeah like and if you rap that with me you like ah okay Clint I'm with you y'all I'm high just please let me know if you with me alright but I'm like a good high hey shout out to Choking Hazard Kitchen she makes peach cobblers her information is in the link in this in, in the link of this episode. I feel like Sharon is Karen. Anyway, but yeah, that still makes me feel the way. So 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 are you what's the track listing to to hit or dope song ratio? Can it stand the test of time? And then here's my third criteria. Here's my third criteria. And this one, I think, is more important than all of them. And this one sometimes holds more weight than the track listing or the, well, the track listing in in particular, because this one right here, this, this criteria right here is the big joker. Did it move the genre forward? You cannot be a classic album if you did not in somehow, shape, form, or fashion, move the genre forward. All classic albums to me have that in common. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Brown Sugar's D'Angelo. D'Angelo. I'm naming neo-soul albums, R&B albums. Baduism. Songs in the Key of Life. Like, I'm naming classic albums. These move the genre forward. Usher's Confessions. They move the genre forward. To me, you have to have, to be a classic album, you have to have all three of those. 
If you only in certain cases have two out of the three, I need to hear a good case for it. Like prime example, prime example. I'm looking around my room, looking at classic albums. And um, you can name certain things that the track listing may be ah. And some of y'all, here's the thing. I realized this too. Some of y'all have personal classics. Some of you have albums that mean a lot to you. That's okay. That is okay. And I would never dare tell you that an album is not classic to you. But what I am going to ask you is, when you tell me that an album is classic, I'm going to ask you those three things. Because I want you to think. I want you to really give it some thought and really say to yourself, like, wow, is this really a classic? But the last thing I want to ask you is, when we talk about certain albums that are bona fide classics, do you put that same album in the same breath with that other album? Meaning, meaning, certain albums, right, we say are bona fide classics. Michael Jackson's Thriller. We all know Off the Wall was better, but let's just say Thriller because we know it's the most successful. Or Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life Or The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill If you're telling me You gotta tell me that this album that you're, that you're about to deem classic Is in the same breath with that Which brings me to my next topic I want to debate the internet's album That's actually what sparked This idea for this podcast the Internet's Ego Death came out in 2015, 2015. I tweeted the other day that I'm very protective of the word classic. Now, you guys have heard me now rant for the last 15 minutes about how I feel about classic albums and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, now I have an album that I want to debate because... In my opinion, I think it checks all the boxes. And I said, I'm very protective of that word, but I'm ready to call the internet's ego death a classic album. Now, I know that my word is not law, but a lot of you people who saw the post agreed with me. A lot of people who commented on the post said, nah, this is facts. There were some people who disagreed, which is totally fine. But let me give you my reasoning for why that album to me is a classic album and I'm ready to call it that. The other day I was making a playlist. I was making a playlist the other day. Uh, the playlist is called, um, some of you guys have already seen it and stuff like that. Um, and yes, I am stalling for time because I'm trying to find the playlist. The playlist is called uh, Yo, Let Me Connect to the Speaker Volume 1. The date ain't over yet, right? And I've noticed that every time I put I, I put playlists together, I always put on an internet song because the internet has really, really good music, right? And then I made another playlist called Yo, Let Me Connect to the Speaker Volume 2. And this one is called We Have in Company. And again, on that same album, a different track, I played this joint. Oh yeah, we, this is an interactive podcast. I got if you're gonna make your point, we gotta have the joint in the background too, right? We ain't gonna have it that long because we know we don't have the copyright to this music. But tell me, this bass line ain't fire. Let me feel you, 
If you know, you know. But then I, I went through the track listing. That album has 12 tracks. On that 12 tracks album, they are 11 for 12. That was the first thing I noticed. I said, you motherfuckers, y'all are 11 for 12 on this album. Okay. Okay. That's cool. You're 11 for 12. Okay. Then as I'm listening, I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, well, does it make me feel the same way that I felt when I first heard it? Does it make me feel the same way I felt when I first heard it? And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, if you're watching me on YouTube right now, I made the face. I made the face of like, mm, yeah. Mm. And I realized as I'm listening to this album, as it was, as I was, as I was working, I'm like, mm, I'm doing that to every song that comes on this album. It still made me feel the same way I felt the first time I heard the album back in 2015. Now, it's 2021. It's only been about six years. But at the end of the day, sometimes you don't need that long. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I knew the blueprint was a classic the moment I heard it. I just didn't start calling it a classic until maybe... I didn't start calling the blueprint a classic until the Black Album because... We thought Jay-Z was retiring. We thought that was it. So I'm like, to me, like even though the Black Album is great, y'all, um, most of y'all can argue reasonable doubt. My favorite Jay-Z album, the best Jay-Z album in my opinion, is The Blueprint, hands down. To me, that was Jay-Z at perfection. I've never heard Jay-Z marry, he married potent bars with potent songs. Like, I remember the first time I really was, I heard, I, you know, this nigga said, I, 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 you know, I sell ice in the winter. I sell fire in hell. I'm a hustler, baby. I sell water to, I, I was so, I, I was so, now, now today, that's, that's not all that. That's not all that. But at, at, at when I was 13, my mom was blown. But not to get back off track. The point I'm making is that I, I had, I had, I knew that. With this album, I sat with it for a little while, and I noticed that every time I put this album on, no matter if I, no matter if it's a year ago, no matter if it's, it shit still slaps. Every time I throw this internet album on, this motherfucker slaps. Boom, doom, 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 doom. Like that shit slap. That shit slap. Nigga, that shit slap. And. Then the third criteria is did it move the genre forward? I literally can hear the internet's influence in so many people's music. On top of that, what they did at that time when they were working with Odd Future and you know they were, they come from all that same camp. Like, yo, they moved the genre forward. When's the last time? Excuse my excuse me, I'm sorry, you guys. When's the last time you heard an R&B band? The last R&B band to me was Mint Condition. That's the last R&B band. 
mint condition. The internet, if and, and you know what's even crazy? It's even crazy. I I did my research with mint condition. Do you know the mint condition never won a Grammy? Y'all like what? Pre brown eyes, baby. They never won a Grammy. Mint Condition never had a number one hit song. Mint Condition never had a number one hit song. They're very underrated, but everybody knows who the fuck they are. I do think the internet is this generation's Mint Condition, but they have a classic album under their belts. Yeah, I said it. I think Mint Condition and the internet, literally, go on Wikipedia, look up Mint Conditions, look up their commercial success, and look up the internet's kind of commercial success. They're parallel. Mint Condition and, and, and the internet are damn near identical. But again, I think this album sets them apart in a certain way because this album moved the genre forward. We can't pinpoint to one Mint Condition album and be like, oh my God. But we know if you put on You Send Me Swinging and you put on, you know, Pretty Brown Eyes and you put on What Kind of Man. Like, Mint Condition got hits. But Mint Condition just... I don't know. They just, you know what I mean? First of all, can we just say I would love to have Mint Condition at my wedding. I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to put that in the universe. Mint condition, I want you at my wedding. And what kind of man? Yes, I want you there. I want you there, mint condition. Stokely, if you hear this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on. I, that, that, I know that didn't sound like him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me get back on track. I, I know y'all was like, man, you was making so much sense. Why you? Certain things don't change when you change podcasts. Just because, you know, I'm talking music don't mean I still ain't crazy. You know <laughs> And I'm still not going to laugh at myself. But no, let's have this conversation though. Mint condition. Same as the internet. Now the internet now with this album too, like again, when it comes to being called classics and stuff like that, right? I'm careful because I said, yo, this shit is a classic to me. But I got to ask myself, does the general consensus, do you guys feel like this album is a classic? Some of you said, yeah. But take your feelings and emotions of how this album makes you feel out of it, uh, how this album makes you feel out of it, and tell me exactly why this album would be considered a classic. What does this album do that really sets it apart from other things? For me, I do believe that there's been a lot of people who've tried to emulate the internet sound since that album has came out. But also, I think it was a breath of, a breath of fresh air in R&B at the time. To me, it was a breath of fresh, like that was something that R&B needed. Like her album, that be not her, I'm saying it like, you know, uh, Sid is the only one, but their album, it's, it's beautiful music. Like it's really good still here, people our age, and I'm talking about our age, meaning like us millennials in our 30s or 20s, still playing instruments. That's what makes me happy. They say this generation don't make good music. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. This is a prime example. But the thing is, is that it doesn't have the commercial success. That's what. That's the only thing that's holding its back, in my opinion. I know a lot of you guys. Some of you guys are like you probably never heard of it. I, that is the only thing to me that's holding it back. 
is that it doesn't have, it's not critically acclaimed. It's not, it doesn't have commercial success. But those of us who got the fucking ear test, we know. You know, I was talking to my man Steph the other day and he was like, yo, it's re- he's really having a hard time deeming it a classic and he'll be on this podcast a few times. And he's having a hard time trying to deem it a classic because he's like, Clint, it's not commercially accepted. And I totally agree. But now here's the cl- here's the question. If we pass this album as a classic, then that opens the floodgates for a lot of other cl- albums to be cl- creeped in as classics. And what I with that I say, sometimes you just got to have we sometimes certain albums just have to pass the ear and the field test. Sometimes albums just have to pass the ear and the field test. And to me the internet on this album, they passed the ear and the field test. That's it. If it does, you let me know. If it doesn't, whatever. <laughs> Again, I don't care about being right. It's your opinion. But we do have, but I do want to say on the next episode, when we come back, when we come back on the next episode, I want to, I want to know like, yo, are we, are we, are we accepting this as a classic or not? So when I come back on episode two, yeah, let's talk. I want to talk about that. And I, I'm, I'm going to share with whoever I have on the, as a guest. Is this going to be, is this, a, is, can I put this argument to bed? Is this a classic album? Um, while we're in the middle of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, today is September 20th when you listen to this in your Honda or your Beamer or your Legend or your Benz. Um, at the end of the day, we talking music, but I'm still a comedian. I still do stand up. I am on tour. I am on the road. Ladies and gentlemen, if you live in Buffalo, you live in Buffalo. September 29th, I'm going to be in Buffalo, New York at Helium Comedy Club. Again, September 29th, I'm going to be at Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets. All right? Wednesday, September 29th, I'm going to be in Buffalo, New York, Helium Comedy Club. Get your tickets. And then Thursday, September 30th, I'm going to be at Hilarities Comedy Club in Cleveland, Ohio. Again, Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland, you're Cleveland. Do me a favor, get your tickets. Coming to your city, September 30th, Hilarities Comedy Club. That's Thursday. Get a date, meet me there. All right. Now, um, the next thing I want to talk about in this episode, all right, I got notes, y'all. I actually wrote shit down for this, all right? I want to talk about... What's good, y'all? It's Aaliyah from the Young and Dumb Show. I have something for you. If you're young and interested in learning more about different careers, becoming an entrepreneur, and really get into the bag, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the Young and Dumb Show. On this show, we sit down with the biggest, and I'm talking the biggest, career professionals, entrepreneurs, influencers, and entertainers to break down how to be successful in different industries. It's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. Let's get it, y'all. About Now, we're going to do, you know, I already told y'all what my criteria is for classic albums and stuff like that. I also want to get into what my criteria is when y'all start calling people. I hate when you call people legends and superstars and like we, we got to get out of that, too. Everybody not a legend. Everybody not a superstar. Everybody's not a star. But also, we be having lists on these podcasts a lot of times. All right? 
A lot of times there's lists like, you know, who's your top 10 rappers? Who's your top 10 R&B artists? Who's the top 10 hip hop albums? Who's the top? We're not doing that anymore. We're not doing that anymore over here. When I do list on this podcast, again, this is the syllabus. This is the introduction to the podcast. So we're going to let you know where we stand. When I give y'all lists, I'm only doing tiers. I'm doing my list in tiers. It's so hard to say who's the best and who's the worst. I will just go in tiers. All right. So it's sort of like how like they do on airlines. Gold, sapphire, platinum, platinum plus. We ain't doing that, but tier A, tier B, tier C, tier D, or one, two, three, or four. Give you an example. We always debate R&B artists. We always debate hip-hop artists. Somebody asked me an interesting question, Clint. Somebody asked me, yo, what's your top five R&B groups? It's hard to name a top five R&B group. Which is why now I do tiers. I got four tiers of R&B groups. All right. Male and female. I got four tiers of R&B group. The top tier is the goats. What is my criteria? Your influence. Do you have a classic album? And what is your impact? That's the goats. Tier two. You were great. You're not in the same conversation as the goats, but you're you're right there. You're right there. We love you. We love you. Tier three, meaning you were very good. We like you. You're not a goat. You should, you're, 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 you're in the middle. You're right there. We like you. You're decent. And tier four is honorable mentions, meaning... We, under, we, we see you, but you can't dance with the goats or, or everybody else on this list. I'm going to give y'all my tier four first. Honorable mentions. Now, before I get into my tiers, I want y'all to know this. I'm telling y'all who's not on this list. The Jackson Five. The Osley Brothers. Earth, Wind & Fire. Mint Condition. Tony, 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 Prince and the Revolution, Commodores, SOS Band, LTD, all of these people, all right, all of those groups are amazing, but y'all, they're bands, they play music, they curate music, they create, they, they, that's a different beast, I don't consider them R&B groups. I consider them R&B bands. And we'll have another conversation about that at a later date. But that was, that's just, I just want y'all to know. So if y'all be like, no earth, wind and fire and blah, blah, blah. They're purposely left off because they're bands. If you think of a group and be like, oh, they play music. They're a fucking band. Parliament Funkin' up bands. All right. So here's my honorable mentions. Tier four. 702. Bell Biv DeVoe. High five. Immature. That's my honorable mentions. They were decent. They had moments, but they only really have one or two out, one album, one hit. Eh. All right. That's just me. Here's tier three, meaning they were very good. One twelve. 
Jagged Edge, B2K, Guy, Total, Escape, True Hill, Flowetry. Now, now, y'all might be saying, damn, True Hill Tier 3, they're the only one on this list that may move up to Tier 2, depending on how y'all feel. When I say those are Tier 3, 112, Jagged Edge, B2K, God, Total, Escape, Flowetry. Now, to me, they all have more than one album. They all have more than one hit. They all have good that you could go see them in concert and be satisfied. But let's be let's not be fooled. Without any of those groups, you can tell the story of R&B. That's what I have to ask myself. Could I tell the story of R&B without 112? Let's just say Q, Darren, Mike, and Slim never made peaches and cream. Y'all watch the show What If on Disney Plus? Disney, let me get that. Yeah. Anyway, if y'all watch the show What If, they show different things in different multi-universes. So let's just pretend that's what I'm going to do. When we, when we, when you, when you try to argue me stuff, let's just go in the multiverse. Let's just say there's no such thing as Q, Darren, Mike, or Slim. You know? Let's just say. Let's just say there's none of that. There's no bat boy. There's none of that. Does R&B take a loss? No. I'd be just fine if I never heard Peaches and Cream ever again. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not saying the song is ass. I'll be just fine if I never heard Cupid again. It's a great song. I love Cupid. But you're going to tell me they have a classic album under their belt? Uh, same thing with Jagged Edge. I'm cool with never hearing Let's Get Married or Promise. Cool with that. Where the party at? I know where the party is. The party's in, in my house. I want other songs. Not with you. Yeah, Brandon, Brian, Casey, what's the other name, Kyle, and what's the other, Wingo, Wingo, I'm good without Wingo, don't need Wingo, I think that's his name, uh, B2K, first of all, I was a child, every time I hear B2K, my 13-year-old self goes, B2K, y'all don't cancel me, you knew that's what we called it in 2000, first of all, the group is called Boys 2000, Anyway, neither here nor there. B2K has no classic albums. I would be fine if Omarion or Maybach O never did it, did did B2K. I'm cool without Raz B. I'm cool without Lil Fizz. And I'm especially cool without J-Bug. Some of you women, when you thir- your little 13-year-old horny self may not feel the same way, we ain't talking to you. But the world is fine without B2K, too. Again, let's go in the multiverse. Total. I'm good without them either. Big is still a great rapper without the chicken heads from Pasadena to Medina. Escape now. Maybe Tiny gets. Maybe Tiny never gets found, and we don't get no scrubs. Okay, you might have a point there, but I'm cool without Escape too. Drew Hill might be the only one that might move up to tier two, which let's get into right now. Tier two. In Vogue, SWV, The OJs, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Gladys Knight and the Pips, 
and whispers and whispers that's tier two r&b groups now does drew hill get in the group same category with them if they do i'm cool with that but you're not going to tell me the other people on this list should be up there with them in vogue let's start here number one they don't have the hits i will give you that who sings better than in vogue pound for pound as a group I'll wait who sings you know what maybe I forgot we 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 give we give references on this podcast who sings better than them I didn't even get finished when they was they was harmonizing. No group, women group harmonizes like them. Now there's now I know groups with three better individual singers. We'll get to them next. But as a group, they sound the best to me. SWV. SWV doesn't have a classic album, but they got a that first album got a string of fucking hits. SWV, honestly, I would make a case for tier one. The only reason that's holding me back is, you know, everybody doesn't know SWV singers. Everybody, everybody. I'm not saying you women who know R&B and know, or myself who know R. I'm talking the average, you ask the average person, name me the three members of SWV, they cannot tell you. That is the only reason I'm because when we get to tier one, you'll be like, ah, that makes sense. That's the only reason they're not tier one. Um, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. I give them the the they like a lifetime achievement award. Tier two. Smokey Rob, they're kind of like the first real traditional RB group that actually did something. Um, they were the first ones on Motown, you know, with Shop Around and Tears of a... You know what I'm saying? Like, and we we can't deny, you can't tell the story of R&B without Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, or especially Smokey. Now, that's another thing. Now, with these people, the Whispers, they're the only group you can make a case for. I love the Whispers, though. My mom would kill me if I would not have them in tier two. But... You can convince me they might be. You can convince me to replace Drew Hill with the Whispers and vice versa. You can re- you can make a case for that, y'all. I just want you to know that. See, again, I'm fair. Um, Gladys Knight and the Pips. I mean, yeah. You just don't know who the Pips are. I mean, that, you know. But we can't tell the story of R&B without Gladys Knight. No, we can't. All right. The OJs. Same thing with them. The thing with the OJs is you only know one member. And the OJs don't really have a classic album either. OJs have just like a distinct. Here's what the OJs have. The OJs have a distinct sound and a distinct precision. 
the OJs have they they like the OJs are consistent. The OJs are like they're, they're like how do I what's consistent in your life? Like you know like the OJs are like Chick-fil-A. Like the food ain't the food ain't it ain't great food. It's good. It, you know you're going to get good service. You know the food is all... Like, you, like it's a good experience. I've never heard nobody say nothing bad about the OJs. Never heard nobody say nothing bad about the OJs. Shout out to Cleveland. That's where the OJs are from. I'll be there. September 30th, just in case you tried to fast forward on my ad in the middle of this podcast. They're from Cleveland. Shout out to the OJs. Anyway, let's go to tier one, because I know that's where you all really, really give a fuck about. Tier one. Again, I judge influence, classic album impact. You have to have at least two of the three. You got to have two of the three. That's, that's all I ask. Two of the three. Here are tier one. Goats. Greatest R&B groups of all time. Tier one. So when y'all tell me about 112, Jagged Edge, and all these people you like, do they get in this group? Tier one. The Temptations. New Edition. Diana Ross and the Supremes. TLC. Destiny's Child. Boys to Men, Jodeci. Tier one. You can't argue with that. That's a clear cut, beautiful tier one to me. Those other groups don't even compare. And here's what all these groups got in common. Number one, I can name you every member of every band in every group. And I'm not even going to say the name of the group. I'm going to just say the names. Paul Williams, Eddie Kendricks, David Ruffin, Otis Williams, who nobody came to see, Melvin Franklin, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, Ralph, Johnny Gill, Diana Ross, Florence Ballard, Mary Wilson, Tion Tebaz Watkins, Lisa Lefta Lopez, Rosanda Chili Thomas, Beyonce Knowles, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams, Nate, Mike, Sean Wanye, J- Mr. Mr. Dalvin, Devontae Sexy. Sorry, I, why, why did, he calls himself that in, in the song. I, I didn't have to do that. KC JoJo. Every member, every member, you know. Number two, only only two of them really have classic albums. Two and a half. Two and a half have classic albums. Y'all about to debate me. Here we go. Nobody, do y'all know any Temptations albums? Can you pinpoint a Temptations album? Like, oh, that Temptations album's fire. Most of you can't. I can. Phoenix Rising, the one that came out in the 90s. Fire, top tier. Go listen to it. But New Edition, Heartbreak album, that's a classic. That's a, that's a bona fide classic album. No ifs, no ands, or buts about it. Uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes, they don't have a classic album. I mean, we don't, you know. TLC, 
crazy, sexy, cool. Need I say more? Destiny's Child is the one that gets interesting. Ladies, I know the writings on the wall is a classic to you, but you can. I want to debate this. I'm not saying it's not because here's why it does have two of the three things that I look for sometimes in a classic album. The only thing to me it doesn't have is the tracks. And the only reason why it doesn't have the tracks for me is because for me, when I heard the writings on the wall for the first time, it hit different. I was, I wasn't, I'm I'm a 12 year old boy. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like bugaboo. Like I thought it was stupid. Right. But I also can't deny two things that that album has. When you put it on today, ladies, oh, that shit still slaps. Some of y'all might put it on right now when I think when you're thinking about it. Oh shit, listen to it. And then the second thing that the writings on the wall have that I think is very interesting is did it move the genre forward? It absolutely did. It absolutely did. And it had a big impact. So I'm that's why I'm on the fence about it being a classic album. But I I I I if you told me it was, I would not be mad. Uh, I don't think Jodeci has a classic album. They have very iconic songs. They have an iconic look. And here's another thing with all these tier one goats, right? They all, you can hear, there's influence in other groups from them. People were trying to make different different versions of The Temptations. New Edition, literally, Boys to Men said that they got theirs. They are new, like, they named themselves after a New Edition song. Don't get no more crazy, you know, no more influence than that. Diana Ross and the Supremes, TLC and Destiny's Child. Trendsetters. And their solo, they have their biggest, their solo artists are big. These, that is the gold standard of groups. Now, there's three groups I did not know what tier to put them in. Can you guys give me an answer? That's what I want from y'all. That is our homework. What is our are three where do these three groups go DeBarge Blackstreet and the Four Tops I didn't know where to put those three groups DeBarge Blackstreet and the Four Tops the Four Tops are not goats they did a tour with the Temptations they even had a, a a a joint where the four tops came out and then the song for song. They did a versus back in the day. The four tops couldn't hang with the temptations. The four tops could not hang with the temptations. They're not tier one. I don't even like the four tops better than the OJs. So for me, they not tier two. I could throw them in tier three. But I'll let y'all y'all tell me where to put them. But it ain't tier one. Blackstreet, they're interesting. Because you know three of the four members, Teddy Riley, Chauncey, Dave Hollister. And Chauncey really is not... It's hard. They're, they're, they're like in between tier three and tier two. Teddy Riley, it's it's weird. It's weird. No, I, it's hard. I think, you know what? I think they made just about as much noise as Guy did. 
when you really think about it. Blackstreet and Guy made about the same amount of noise. Y'all don't want to believe that, but like, because we like, like, but if you really look at their careers, like Blackstreet had two albums with the first album, and I think it was another one called Another Level, correct me if I'm wrong, and then Guy had their first two albums, which was uh, the first album, which was the self-titled debut one, and the second album that followed up in 1990, which was uh, The Future. I had hits on both joints, Peace of My Love, I Like, uh, Let's Chill, all of that, first two albums. Same thing with Blackstreet, first two albums. Big hits, No Diggity, Never Gonna Let You Go, Before I Let You Go. Yeah, I mean, and then they had that Rugrats joint too, like, then they had joints with, uh, Gotta Get You Home With Me. So, yeah. They're, they're parallel to me. So if I put Guy in tier three, I think I'm going to throw Blackstreet in there too. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. And then DeBarge. I don't even know, to be honest with you. I think DeBarge is overrated. Let me be honest with you. I think I think I can tell the story of R&B without fucking DeBarge. I like it. That was corny. I'm sorry. I'm better than that. Y'all know that. I got better jokes than that. I'm better than that. My bad. I'm sorry. That timing was off. It was, no. It was, it was a terrible joke, Clinton. <laughs> so, yeah, where do we put DeBarge? DeBarge. You know, L. DeBarge, what did he really do? Really? Like, honestly. What did L, you know, Chico was in the group, uh, Chico DeBarge was in the group Switch. I like Switch. Shout out to Switch. Switch is dope. But where do we put DeBarge? That's my next question. Where do we put DeBarge? So those three, that's our homework. I'm sorry, y'all, because I'm talking school shit, syllabus. I got a fucking pencil in my hand and a composition book. Now I'm talking your homework. Listen, can y'all do me a favor? When y'all listen to this podcast, if you like what you heard, and you think it's insightful and I'm like, oh yeah, he making good sense and you want to hear more. Like, just share it with somebody else. Subscribe and you know, let's 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 get this thing going. And um let me know where to put those three in those tiers. Where do I put the barge? Where do I put Black Street? And where do I put uh the four tops? That's that's what I want to know. Uh, also, before I leave, don't forget, you guys, uh, there is a playlist attached to this. Uh, there is a playlist attached to this um, episode. The link is in the details of this episode. This playlist is going to be called R&B Groups. R&B Groups. Top tier, low tier. Mix of everybody. Some deep cuts. Some big hits. I hope y'all enjoy it. Yo. Thank y'all for, you know, just even giving me an opportunity for your ear and just to even hear my musical opinion and tell me what y'all think, you know, not tell me what y'all think, but if you like, thank you for wanting to hear my music opinion. You know, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to be creative and, th- and, and, and use another part of my brain that I just want to have fun with. You know, again, podcasting should always be fun. It's something that you're passionate about. You know, and I'm not saying that I'm a musician or nothing like that. I just like talking to you because it's my love language. But for most of us, ladies and gentlemen, it's the love language. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for laughing. This podcast is over. 
What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Dr. Shonda. And Chanel. And we're here from the Double Dose Podcast. We are one set of twins with two different perspectives. We both have faced many challenges in career, life, and relationships. And we are transparent about how we've relied on our faith to overcome them. If you want to hear us discuss current events, pop culture, and relationships, and everything else in between, tune in to the Double Dose Podcast. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. Anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. (laughs) 